Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome. Uh, welcome. I am Marty and this is Stacy. And we, on behalf of New Life, are so excited to see you here today. Whether you're here inside in person or outside on the patio or if you're watching online, welcome to you as well. What a great day to be here. You know, um, if you are new here, which I met Bob and Jeff, first timers in the Yay! back there. Nice to see you guys. If you're new here, there are a couple of counters in the lobby, and there's one outside called the Connection Central that you will receive a free gift if you just come up and say hi to one of the people that are there. Yeah, we'd um, love to meet you. Yeah. We've had a great busy summer so far here at New Life. Yeah, it has really been amazing. From the kids coming back from Hume, and they just came back so excited, and God just moving in the midst, and they're seeing Wednesday nights, just this um, very, very sweet thing happening with the youth. And um, we went on to District Assembly next, and it was another great experience. And then hopefully you were able to join us with the picnic um, last Sunday. I felt like it was our family reunion. I got to meet some new family members, which was great, and got to hang out with some old ones. So hopefully you came to join us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that volunteered and helped, um, from the Hamarians team to people coming early to pop popcorn and get the snow cone machine going. Um, they say it takes a village, and it really did take a village um, last Sunday to get that picnic together. So thank you, all of you volunteers. Absolutely. And yet the summer's not over. We still have the main event that's coming up, so I'm excited to hear more about that. Yeah, another great way to get plugged in. Absolutely. Yeah, so with God moving in the midst um, all summer long, let's see what he has for us today. Let's go ahead and stand up and get ready for him just to move in a mighty way today. All right.
place to hide this weary soul This bag of bones And I try with all my might But I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A bag of bones Come on, sing it out And just when
going to need to take a breath, and you probably were too, so you can grab a quick seat um, to catch your breath, because that was a party. I feel like it's like a little glimpse of heaven this morning. Hopefully, when I get to heaven, I'll have a little bit more endurance, and I won't be out of breath. <laughs> um, well, my name is Elena. It's so good to be together. We are not going to be done worshiping today. I'd like to invite the ushers forward to receive our offering today. Um, this is truly just another way that we thank God for all that he has done in our life, in our church, in our community. And so it is truly just an act of worship that we continue. If this is your first time here, don't feel any obligation. You're obviously more than welcome to participate in what God is doing. And God has been up to a lot this summer, as the Wadlow said earlier. You know, I don't know, that song that we just sang is the song that we sang when I, I got the privilege to go up to Hume Lake and I get to document, take pictures and videos of all the things that God does at Hume. And so I was there for all those baptisms. And that was the song that we kind of played on a little, little speaker at Hume Lake while everybody was getting dunked and baptized. So it truly is just like a, a really sweet, fond memory of what, what that song means, you know, what that, that song means. And the song that we sang just before that, like, fling wide your heavenly gates. That just feels a little bit like what is happening here um, at New Life recently. It just feels like the gates have been swung wide open and God is just moving. And you know what? He's not done yet. And in fact, we're just looking forward to anticipation, not this coming week, but the next week is our main event. And we're going to have close to 500 kids in here and leaders. And so um, we just would love for you to pray for us, for especially this week as we start putting together groups. And we've been praying together, praying over each kid by name that has signed up. And so we would just invite you also to, can you to pray this week as we prepare. And um, it's a lot of long days and um, a lot of preparation for what God is doing, being able to pave the way so that God can, can do a mighty work in our kids. So we would love for you to pray. Also, we still need a few volunteers, maybe a little bit more than a few, um, but we a few people who can maybe be a co-leader working with kids and also people who might be able to help kids with some crafts and stuff. So um, we're looking looking for a few more people if that's something that you might want to do pray about it because I really think that you might want to be a part of what God does that week it's going to be awesome and so um what I would just love if you could um just um just bow your heads and close your eyes and I would just love to pray for our week of main event as a church family Father, we have um, started to lay the plans um, but we hold them loosely knowing that you are going to do your work and so we also, we just pray that you would fling wide your heavenly gates, that heaven would just come crashing down to earth this week, that your spirit would invade the souls of these little children and not so little children and even our leaders, God. Would you just start to do a mighty work in hearts? We just are so excited to teach kids that even though things might go wrong or not how they expected in their life, that you are still with them, that you still have a plan for them and you have a purpose for their life. And if they could learn that at such a young age, God, you know, the sky's the limit for what you can do in their life. And so we truly just ask that you would move, um, move in the plans, move in each one of the children's lives. Maybe would you just go before them? Would you send your grace before each one of these children that are signed up, that you would continue to work this week so that then when they show up on the 17th, their heart and the soil of their heart would be tilled and they would be ready to hear your message. We love you. We thank you for all of the ways that you're moving here at New Life and in each one of our individual hearts. Um, please don't stop. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. You can stand back up because we're going to sing another song. To 
there's no one better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing this world could offer that is better than you, God. And just as we were singing, Lord, we just come to you this morning with a posture of openness, Lord, ready to hear what you have. God, I know that you've been speaking to us since the moment we woke up this morning. I just ask that you would help us to be attuned to what you're saying and what you're doing. And so God, we lean into you. Would you speak to us through your message this morning, through Pastor Gina? God, we love you so much. We bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Stories are the language of the soul. They have a way of penetrating the heart in a way few other influences can. This is why Jesus used storytelling so often to illustrate deeper truths. He knew the power of a story to cut through to the heart. These now famous stories are known as parables. They were Jesus's way to communicate an important kingdom principle in a form that we could remember and that would meet us where we are at. Although the details of these stories were fictitious, the kingdom principles are not. Today, they continue to remind us who God is and what he calls us to be a part of and how much he loves us. Good morning. I think before we dive into the word this morning, I kind of want us to pause. You know, we're a people who move from one thing to the other, to the other, to the other. And I think we can even do that in church services at time where we know we're gonna worship and then we're gonna do the, the message and then we're gonna have coffee and then we're gonna go. But I think about that last song we were just singing. Like, I don't know if you've ever just paused sometimes and intentionally listened to all of the voices and what we are singing out to, to God. Like, we are waiting here for you. We are gathered here this morning waiting for Jesus. But I was thinking to myself, and, and it was kind of hitting me as we were singing a little bit, that I, as a people, as human beings, we're singing, I'm waiting here for you, but I know we've probably added something to it. We're waiting here for you, Jesus, to answer my prayer. I'm waiting here for you to free me from whatever, to bring a miracle, to heal. I'm waiting here for you to intervene in my family, to bring us together, to heal hurts. I know when we come in in the morning, it's tough for some of us. As a matter of fact, when we were praying this morning as a worship arts team and the, everyone that's involved, one of the people even said, Lord, thanks for even getting us here. It's hard getting here sometimes. I asked myself when he was praying that, what does motivate us to get here? 
You ever really think about why you're here? Like you actually got out of bed, you got dressed, and you made it through those doors. Why? What motivated you to come this morning? What motivates you to come every week? Or for you at home, what motivates you to stop whatever it is you're doing in your household and say, I'm going to join church this morning through a screen? I'm going to make myself present. See, I think it's important that we come ready for God. But see, I think something that's happened to me over the last week that I've really been wrestling with started when Pastor Phil got up here on that very first week about the parables. And so we started this series, The Parables, and I guess just to make sure we're all on the same page. If you don't know what a parable is, we're going through the teachings of Jesus, and he used parables, which are not just stories. They're actually, what a parable really is, is taking something. Jesus took something that is known to man, to humans, something that was common every day, a physical something. And the word parable actually means to cast alongside. And so then he would, he would do is take this thing that is known to all of us, and he cast alongside something that is unknown to us. So he took something that is physical in order to reveal the spiritual. So he used these stories, these teachings, in order for us to grasp and understand his word. And in that very first week, Pastor Phil got up here and he talked about the parable of the sower. And he talked about how our hearts, our, he used soil as the thing we all understand. And depending on the type of soil, which represents our hearts, and where we're at in life, is how we receive the word of God. The condition of our heart will set us up for how we will receive God's word. And so he talked about how you can have soil that's so hard, I think it's called a footpath, like so hard that the seed hits it, bounces off, Satan takes it, it never enters your life. The word of God, it, it's like it just goes by. There's no reception of it. Then there's this soil that it goes in, but it's so rocky and there's so much going on in there that there's not enough room for deep roots to grow and so the, the, it just dies. The word of God comes in and it doesn't last long. It withers away. And same with the thorny soil. That you get in there, but there is so much going on. And what I love when you read it in Mark is he talks about how the thorny soil is like when life's troubles come, the word of God does not stick. It seems like it just gets overcrowded with the troubles and the issues of life. And then there's the good soil. Now, you might be asking me right now, like, why are we repeating what was said in that first week? Because when I reread it, and I was looking at what, we're, what I'm teaching on this morning, Jesus says this to the disciples, because he, they asked him, why teach in parables? They don't get it. They don't understand what's happening. And he says this in Mark 4, 13. Then Jesus said to them, to the disciples, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable... How will you understand all the other parables? See, church, I think we come and we want and we plead and we ask and we are constantly like, Lord, help me. Fix it. Take it away. I want a miracle. But I started to ask myself and I actually was starting to ask myself deeply and I was having this conversation with my husband. I think this has started to wreck me. 
Is my soil in a place where I am ready to receive what I even notice that he answered a prayer? Or is my heart thorny because life stinks and it gets hard and I lose my ever-loving mind over some really crazy things? And I'm like, wait, I shouldn't be losing my mind. I should be pressing into the Lord. Is the soil good? And so church this morning, I want to challenge us. We are waiting here for him. Jesus will come back. He is our Lord and our Savior, but we also have to have hearts that are ready to receive. Will we notice when he answers a prayer? Will we know where God is moving? Will will we even see the healing? This is so important for us. It's so important for us because if we don't understand this, we're not going to understand the rest of the teachings the rest of this summer. As we go through these parables, he says we have to understand we have a responsibility to continually have lives that are ready to receive him, to do his will, and to be a part of him. So before we dive into this, let's pray. I want to pray that nothing can distract us, that we will be focused and that we press in this morning. So we pray with me. Father, we are here this morning because we want more of you. But I also acknowledge, Lord, that we come in with stressors and worries and concerns and frustrations. Some of us come in and we don't feel anything. Some people are here today, Lord, and I know there's so much weighing on them. I've been hearing story after story about frustrations and hurts and pain. And so, Father, this morning, this is about you, not about that. This morning, this is about us, and we surrender ourselves to you, Lord, and we ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes, give us ears to hear, help us have hearts. May your spirit work in our lives, that we have a heart ready for whatever it is you're saying to us this morning. Whatever you speak to us, Only you this morning, Lord. Only you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark. So Mark is in the New Testament. It's the second book in the Bible. It's the second half of the Bible. If you brought your Bible, uh, you can open it up. If you use your phone, please don't be shy. You can use your phone in church and nothing, no one's going to zap you or anything. Uh, But we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at the parable of the lamp. So we'll be starting at verse 21. And this is right after the parable I was just telling you about. So in Mark, you read about the parable of the sower and the seed and the condition of our hearts. And then he goes in to the parable of the lamp. And it starts like this. It says in verse 21, Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will, be eventually, will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So what's happened is, is he's explained to them that they need to understand this parable of the sower, and then he goes on, and he does exactly, he talks about another parable. So he takes what's known to man, to the disciples, 
And he takes what's really relevant to us, and that is a lamp. And he says, when you light a lamp, do you actually put it under the bed? Well, back in the day, obviously not, because they didn't have electricity. You're lighting a bowl of oil or a candlestick. You stick it under the bed, the whole thing's going to go up in smoke. But what he's saying is, is do you actually light a light just to cover it up? And I was thinking about light in our day and time and how relevant this is to us. Because as a people, we seem to love light in every form possible. We can plug it in. It can be cordless. It can be operated from your app. You can string it. You can strip it. You can have solar. There isn't a way we can't have light and there will be more ways to have light. We are drawn to light. Have you ever thought about that? We are literally drawn to light. Some people, I'm like, man, I don't know if they ever turn off their lights. You have those neighbors, they forget to turn it off. Uh, Just constant light. And what I love about light is that it's not just for me and probably just my personhood, but it draws everybody Anyone can see it. We can see people's lights through their window. When we light up our houses for Christmas, it, is, it draws people. It gives you a focus point. And so he says, and he takes this known thing, and he says, no way. How ridiculous would it be to cover it up? It's supposed to be on a stand where it will shine bright. Basically, light should be front and center, right? For all to see. But what is he saying? Is he actually just talking about a lamp and telling us to not be fools? No, he's talking about himself. See, the light of the world is Jesus. The light of the world, it says in John, he is the light of the world. And so he's using the lamp to say that what you see in me, what you hear from me, what you are about to learn does not need to be covered up or kept secret within you. He's telling the disciples who do not understand fully what's going to happen that God has sent a light. He is fulfilling his promise to send us a savior. Jesus, his one and only son, has come and he's teaching, but he will also be tortured and crucified. He will be the sacrifice and the way in which we have relationship with God. And so he's saying, do not take the light. Do not take me and keep it just for yourself. Do not hide it. Do not put it away. See, the kingdom of God is coming. Do we believe, church, that Jesus is coming back? Then we have to be ready. We have to shine our light. The Father gave us Jesus. Not so we can just keep it to ourselves and not share it with others. He's telling the disciples who will soon learn that it is going to be their job to spread the good news, to spread the gospel. And he says, so don't hide it. And then he goes on and he says, of course, that it's not meant to be hidden. But he says, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. This applies to us. Do we realize as believers, if we call Jesus Lord, that we have a responsibility to shine his light? I guess the greater question is, do you know you have light? That you are light? 
If the Holy Spirit lives in you, you are supposed to become more and more and more like Jesus. Think about it. We are modern day disciples. We are the messengers of the gospel. So I would want you to think for a moment, do you know that you're supposed to be spreading the good news? In Matthew, it says this about the light. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, it says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Nothing should be hidden. Jesus is coming back, and when he does, we want everyone to know that he is Lord. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There will be no darkness when he comes back. All things will be exposed and hidden. All secrets will be lit up. There will be no darkness. But see, I wondered, why is he saying this? Why would we hide it? What causes us to retreat and not share the gospel? I think the first thing is, is that I think we've become a people who judge whether or not someone else is worthy of the word. Think about how we treat one another what we listen to on TV and on the internet, how we actually talk to one another. It makes me question, are we rippling out the gospel or are we holding it back because we deem that that person, they don't deserve it. That person doesn't believe what I believe, they don't deserve it. I think we've become a people of judgment and not a people of grace. And we have an opportunity to change that. We have an opportunity to be different. We're supposed to be different. I think that's the other thing that's going on. I think some of us have gotten trapped into false teachings where the gospel is now watered down and we're worried about fame and prosperity. That there's teachings out there that if we're just really good Christians, we'll get more stuff. We'll be more popular. We'll wear shinier shoes. I don't know. But it almost becomes where the gospel has gotten to a place where not only is it false and taught in a prosperity way or in a famous way, but we've also just watered it down out of fear. Why are we afraid of everybody? Church, we are not to live in fear, but I think about it. A lot of people do not share the gospel. They do not tell of their own stories, their own testimonies for fear that someone might mock them or disagree with them or tell them that that is dumb or fill in the blank. We have become a people who are like, you know what, you do you and I'll do me. Jesus did not say you do you. <laughs> Jesus said I have come for you and you now need to go and spread it for everyone to, so they all know and hear and see. And so seeds can be scattered for hearts that are ready. 
Church, I know we struggle today. We struggle to be the church. We struggle to be sons and daughters of the most high God. We do good right here in our holy little huddles, but we don't do that great out there. But you know what? I think it's changing. There is something going on here at New Life. There is something going on in this church. There is something going on in this community. And at 11 o'clock, I'm going to be super excited because there is something going on in that youth group. Right? There is a lot going on. And sometimes I feel like everything inside of me just wants to like jump out and be like, you don't understand. God saved my life. He can save your life. He can transform you. It does not have to be this way because of him. So Jesus is challenging us in this passage to look at our own selves, to look at our circles, to look at our lives He's asking us not to hide what he so freely gave us. That he laid down his life and not only died, but rose again and is alive and well. And through the Holy Spirit, we are transformed. He's saying, don't hide it. Don't worry about judgment. Don't worry about what someone's going to say. Just spread the gospel. Love your neighbor. Love me. Love your neighbor. Spread the seed. There is soil out there ready to receive it, to grow. There are people who are desperate for anything other than what they're getting every single day. He goes on. Huh. In verse 24 and 25, he says this. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. I had to reread that a couple times. Because I realized, okay, pay close attention. That makes sense. He's telling us, don't hide the gospel. Pay close attention. But the closer you listen, the more you will receive. Think about it. I bet you if I did a raise of hands, which you don't have to do, you've heard this parable before. We read the Bible, and I I kid you not, you can read things over and over again, and there's some of you in here who could testify to the fact that every time you read it, you learn something new. Something else gets revealed to you. It's like an unending discovery of who Jesus is, of what God intended for us, and who we are when we follow him. And so he's saying, pay close attention. Not only to my word, but to the soil, to your heart. Press in. Listen. There is always more to be uncovered. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. None of us have arrived. None of us are done learning. I've caught myself before like, oh, I heard that passage before. So, listen again. I have to tell my own self stuff like that. It's like you get to a place where you're like, don't act like you know it all. 
there is more to be heard. There is more to learn. That's why I love different voices and how Pastor David has an entire teaching team because the way one person receives the word is gonna grow us because we haven't looked at it that way. And what I love about this or what caught me off guard was that, but for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. It sounds so harsh. So if you're here and you're just kind of listening or if your soil of your heart is that it's not going real deep or you kind of don't care, you're going to lose it. Why? Because just like the thorny soil, life is going to happen. Trouble is going to come. Frustration, problems, decisions. And if we don't have the deep-rooted word of God in us, we will grab at anything and everything else to fix it. Which is a roller coaster ride that is hard to get off of. We learn to deal with the issues and the troubles and the strife of life by following and being more like Jesus. You have a light inside of you. If you know him, you have a light inside of you that not only shines for everyone to see, but gives direction and a path for others to follow. We have a responsibility. But I think the thing that stood out when I was praying about this and dealing with my own self, dealing with my own family, is that there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. You know, I think about the fact that we're not supposed to purposely hide the gospel. I don't know how many of us are doing it on purpose. I think sometimes things sneak in and we don't realize we're hiding the light. What is causing you to not shine your light? Man, I want this moment to be a moment where we don't just hear the word and then we are like gonna move on. What is causing your light to not shine to others? For some of you, it's depression. It's a worry, it's an anxiety and it's like it fogs in your brain and your mind. And it's hard for you to shine your light because you can't get past yourself. It's a thing. But can I tell you, God can break through that. Some of you came today and you're just done. You're not even sure why you're here. You're frustrated. I've talked to people. They came just to tell us what we're doing wrong. You get to the end of a church service and all I hear is where we're failing. And I'm thinking to myself, for the love of God, did you not hear the word? We're people. We are a train wreck. <laughs> but with the Holy Spirit, we, don't have, we can be less train wrecky. Right? I just feel so... This is not always like me, so I feel so pressed upon that I don't want to end this time 
without prayer. Because I know, I have a friend who's not here this morning because she's caring for people who are going through it. I have family members who don't know him. I have stuff that keeps people from coming to church sometimes because you'd rather fight than get through the door. We have got our struggles in church. If you have a struggle, if you need help to shine your light, come up here. It doesn't have to be catastrophic. Come up here and pray for others. You can come up here and pray for me if you want. I kid you not. I'm not any different than you. It is a challenge sometimes. I caught myself praying this morning on my drive here. Why in the world do you think you can use me? I'm losing my mind at home. (laughs) But I want my heart and your hearts to be ready for him. So will you join me? Come forward if you need prayer. The band is gonna sing this song. And I'm excited about this song because this song I forgot the title of, reign above it all. God reigns above it all. He will. There is nothing in this room that you bring forward today to the altar, to these benches, to me. I'm bringing me that he cannot conquer and that he cannot reign above it all. So join me up here if you want to. Join me up here to pray. I'm gonna sit right here. If you wanna pray for me, pray for me. I'm not any better than anyone else. But let's be the people he's called us to be. Let's be ready for whatever he's doing, to do his will, to be the hand and feet of Jesus' church. We have a responsibility. He loves us. Let's love him back by giving it all.
that I worship alongside people who love and who are doing the best they know how to do, but we also know that we have so much more. And so we give it all to you this morning, Lord. We give it all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me? This morning, if you couldn't get up here or you weren't sure, feel free to still come up. We will pray with you. If you can turn to someone next to you, and if you don't want to walk up here, anyone in this room can pray for another person. I just pray that we do not walk away with his will, without his will being done in our lives today. So take a chance, take the risk, surrender it to him. Allow someone to pray for you. If you have any questions, if you want to know how to be connected, if you need anything, you can come up here. You can go to the one of the connection counters. But join with us as we continue to worship, as we continue to walk out in his light. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, may you have a glorious and amazing day. Amen.